welcome to the Shift HR radio download. Our mission on this podcast is to serve as a valuable resource for HR professionals and business leaders and anyone looking for information that's going to empower you to make a positive impact in your workplace. My name is Karen Byington, and I'll be your host today. So I just returned from a few days away with my family. We were doing a college tour for my oldest son, Alex. And as we were preparing to leave, we knew we were going to be gone for about four days. We had over 20 hours in the car. And I have three boys who you would think would be concerned about what to pack, what they were going to wear, what food we would have in the car, but really all they were concerned about was that they had power cords for every electronic device (laughs) and that they made sure that we had Wi-Fi access or enough on our data plan to get through the four days. So I think if we're honest, we all to some degree can't imagine not being connected. And that's especially true for those of us that are working. Our mobile devices on the good side have made it really possible for us to stay connected and be productive when we're not physically in the office. But on the other side, there's become a growing blur in the line between our work and our home and private lives. And while it's easy and convenient for us to bring our work home with us, we're also now have more access to bring our private lives into the workplace. So just about every employee has access to social media all day long on their computers or even on their phones that may or may not be company issued. And the employees are, um, you know, they're apt to reveal personal information about themselves. And so this makes a complicated situation for employers who technically aren't legally allowed to ask about personal information, yet they have access to it. And so it brings up so many questions for employers, HR managers, on how to manage all these changes. The working from home, the being mobile, the social media, employees revealing information about themselves. And so um, they need to understand the consequences that may be involved in all of these pieces. So this is a topic that is often asked um, of Catherine Nook Freeman, the president of SHIFT, and she speaks about it often. And so we have her with us today to give you, our listeners, a few tips and some cautionary advice on how to navigate this tricky area of social media in the workplace. So Catherine, welcome back to the SHIFT HR Radio Download. Thanks, Karen. And and you're exactly right. This is an area that's continuously evolving. And, you know, I think back to my early days as an attorney when I used to help employers put together employee handbooks and we had the telephone communications policy. And then over the years, it became the email communication and telephone communication policy. And now it's the electronic communications and social media policy, which is a thousand times broader than those initial policies that employers really needed to to worry about. So there's a lot to dig into when we're talking about this topic of social media in the workplace. Yeah, there really is. And so maybe, Catherine, if you start with just sharing, what are some of the biggest concerns, like the topics that you're asked most about when mm-hmm. you're speaking to these audiences? Yeah, good question. There, there are a number of areas that employers really need to pay attention to, and I'll just list a couple here as a starting point. So first, um, they need to look at what employers and hiring managers should and shouldn't do regarding social media and prospective employees, you know, what kind of searches should or shouldn't be done. Uh, secondly, what guidelines should employers set with employees around social media access, either in the workplace or beyond? Third, how to handle and prepare for harassment that stems from social media and relates to employees or others in the workplace? And fourth, really understanding the National Labor Relation Board's expansive view of what 
is protected as it relates to social media because it's not always intuitive. Yeah. So, you know, not until I really heard you talking about this topic for the first time did I really understand how tricky this world is for hiring managers. And so it seems like a no-brainer that when you're hiring a prospective candidate, you're going to do all the research you can and find out all the information you can about this candidate. But what you've been telling audiences is that if you're not careful, you could be setting yourself up for legal trouble by doing so. You're right. This is definitely an area that's counterintuitive. And I can't tell you how many managers, no matter how sophisticated they they are, no matter how sophisticated their company is, will interview somebody and then run back to their desk and start Googling the person. And all of a sudden, they find out information about protected categories, whether this person was a, a, a veteran or a breast cancer survivor or um, filed a lawsuit against their prior employer. And then they come to the head of HR or employment counsel and say, I found this information out. Do you think we should still be hiring the person? And then, of course, you've opened a can of worms. So, yes, absolutely. Risks of doing this kind of searching on candidates include finding out information about those protected characteristics that employers are not are not entitled to consider in the hiring process and wouldn't have otherwise known about had the employees or those involved in the interviewing process done these types of searches. So, All right. So maybe here's where you could give the listeners some of your recommendations when it comes to social media and the hiring process. What are some tips that you that you like to give your clients? Well, first and foremost, they want to start out by updating their policies and update your social media policy, your electronic communications policy, and then update your internal policies on screening. So first, employers really need to make the decision are we going to have somebody within our organization conduct a social media screen of applicants? And then you need to put a policy in place to decide, if so, which positions, because you want to be consistent and not just randomly screen applicants on social media. And then also, what are you actually screening for? Are you screening for examples of unprofessional behavior or disparaging behavior or anything along those lines, which would indicate a concern for hiring that person? And then you'd want to make sure you document that too. So you'd list out, we don't want to find out any information related to the person's race, sexual orientation, disability status, etc. But we are looking to find out, and then you'd list what you're looking for so you can kind of justify it. Um, secondly, you want to make sure that it's not the decision makers who are reviewing the social media sites. You'd want to have a neutral, a neutral body reviewing those sources, whether it's a particular position in HR, but somebody outside of the decision-making uh, circle. And then you'd want to make sure you have a process for keeping records to prove what you did actually search and what you didn't search to show that you weren't accessing information that you're not entitled to review or access under law. And So does that mean, just so I can clarify to understand, absolutely. so that would mean someone would be dedicated to doing the research, and then they're only reporting the facts that HR requests. Absolutely. So anything else they find out, the decision maker never knows about. That's exactly And so you're right. keeping the records to know um, that information wasn't passed along that could have affected the decision You're to exactly hire. right. Okay. So if that person who's doing the search finds out information related to protected categories, they never pass that information along to the decision maker. Right. That's great advice. Yeah. If, if there's lack of knowledge... That's a defense. Got it. And making and making the decision. 
then as an employer, you also want to make sure you implement some sort of prohibition on access to employee or applicant password protected sites. So you don't ask them for their passwords so that you can access sites that are protected. And then as I mentioned earlier, you just want to make sure you treat everybody consistently. For example, you wouldn't want to only do a background check on certain racial minorities or people from a certain national origin. You'd want to make sure it's based on a business rationale, either a particular position, a particular level of seniority, etc. But treat applicants consistently when they're in consistent positions. And then just as an employer, finally, you want to really be aware of the potential for false or unreliable information on the internet, you don't know that it's 100% accurate. So you want to keep that in mind as well. Okay. So you mentioned um, a prohibition on access to password-protected sites. So what about employers who do ask up front for username and password to social media sites? I mean, I know this is something that you know, we caution all of our, you know, recent college and high school grads about that. Be really careful what you're posting because employers are going to be looking. Um, and is it true? And should employers, I know you said they should stop doing it. Um, you know, it's, but we're warned against it. So what should, uh, yeah. So, so we don't recommend that employers ask for passwords. No, we don't recommend they ask for passwords of applicants and we don't recommend that they ask for passwords of employees because you know, first of all, 25 states have laws prohibiting employers from requesting that information. But even beyond that, you are not entitled to look at those sites without authorization. And what we've seen is even if you request a password and your employee gives you a password, they'll later claim that they didn't really authorize you to do it, but that they were under duress and they felt like they had no choice but to give you the password. So asking for passwords is, is never a good idea. What you do instead, if you think there's something questionable on the site, is you'd say to the employee, can you please print out the questionable commentary on the site so I can view a hard copy of it. And that puts you into a a safer realm. Got it. So when it comes to your current employees, what guidelines should employers put in place regarding social media monitoring? Do you have any advice as to policies that are appropriate? Well, you know, just tying in with what we were saying before, first and foremost, don't request that the employees share their passwords with you and don't retaliate against them for then not sharing access to that information. You also want to make sure that your electronic communications policy is updated so that it's really clear under what circumstances an employee's social media usage will be viewed or monitored. That usually comes into play when we're talking about emails and that kind of thing. Most employers reserve the right to review emails for business reasons, and you know they can also look at it for usage reasons too. It doesn't mean they can be reviewing the personal emails, but they can review to see if too many personal emails have been sent. And then similar with what we were talking about before, with consistency, employers really need to make sure they're consistent in any monitoring that they do of employees. So I know this is an area you touched on, and I think it's probably one of the trickiest areas, but um, knowing that you have to be really careful in how you're monitoring your employees and what information you can access, how do employers handle harassment issues that come through social media? Right. Well, it's it's really tricky, and there are many blurred lines right now, but the standard under the employment laws is if employers know or should have known that harassment was occurring 
they need to act to stop it. And so that, of course, becomes much more difficult with social media, which you know, allows the potential for harassment to occur 24-7. And so as an employer, if you hear about harassment that's going on that may not be in the workplace, that may not be during work hours, but is still amongst employees through social media, you have a responsibility to dig deeper and find out whether or not you have employees who are being unlawfully harassed and then take the steps that you would normally take if if that were going on. And, you know, I've heard some employers say, well, if it's off-site and it's off-hours, is that really my responsibility? Well, the bottom line is, if a lawsuit is filed, you can bet that the plaintiff is going to bring up every instance of harassment, both you know that which occurred in the workplace and that which occurred outside of the workplace through social media. And you're going to be left as an employer in a position having to defend your actions, having to defend that you took whatever steps possible to stop that harassment. And it's not going to look good if you just let things go just because they happened off-hours and off-site. Right. So... Um, so employers are aware, how does the harassment manifest in these new forms of social media? Right, right. So, so many different forms. I mean, it's, it's so hard to even keep up with them. I mean, they change basically and new additions are added every single year. So, but some of the basic ones are basically the virtual harassment where there's a, there's friending of a coworker on social media and then sending offensive messages or, for example, repeated requests for, for a date. Uh, there's textual harassment, which would be harassing, intimidating, or inappropriate text messages sent to a colleague. There's the concept of sexting, which is sexually explicit or offensive photos or videos, which are sent via electronic media. And then there's the concept of cyberstalking, where um, an employee is harassing another employee by following him or her on blogs, posts, and social websites. So these are all relatively new concepts over the past few years. Right. And so much more for employers to handle than they had to even 10 years ago. It's not. Absolutely. Yeah. So how do you recommend that employers handle these kind of complaints when they come up and try to avoid future harassment? What should they be doing? Good question. So First off, employers can actually use technology to limit employee access to social media while at work or on the job. So at least you're sort of confining the universe of what employees have access to while they're at work. Secondly, as I mentioned earlier, the standard is do you know or should you have known that harassment is occurring? And if you know, you need to fulfill your responsibilities as an employer under the harassment laws and investigate. So employers need to investigate no matter where the alleged harassment took place, whether it was through social media or through more old-fashioned means. And you really, as an employer, need to provide training to your employees and to your managers because this is, a, as I mentioned, a constantly evolving topic of social media and what's appropriate and what's not. And so your managers may not know what they can and can't do. They may not know they can't be Googling an applicant they just met with to see what papers they authored and instead find out about protected categories. So you really need to make sure everybody in your workforce is on the same page here, and that's why training is essential. And then again, as I mentioned earlier, make sure that you review and update your policies constantly. These policies are really living, breathing documents, and they change on an annual basis for, for many of our clients. Yeah, 
so it really is such a mixed message for employers. I mean, you need to be diligent about protecting your employees from harassment and discrimination, and you have to be on it and aware 24-7, and it can happen on so many platforms. But then at the same time, you have the NLRB, the National Labor Relations Board, and they've made it more difficult for employers by issuing warnings against employers having overbroad policies. So it really has become tricky and something that employers need to really stay on top of and make sure they're getting the best advice and up-to-date advice. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, with the, with the, the NLRB, that's something that really throws a wrench into the whole analysis of what employers should be doing under social media because we've talked about all the precautionary steps employers should take and that they shouldn't tolerate any harassment that's done through social media, but they really do need to be careful to comply with the NLRB at the same time because the NLRB is concerned about protecting employees' rights to speak about work conditions and rights to organize against what employees might consider unfair labor practices. So this makes navigating social media really a fine line of diligence against harassment and discrimination and ensuring that no policies uh, prohibit free speech. Um, and, of course, em- employers need to not infringe on employee rights in this regard. So, for example, you might have an employee post something that's seemingly offensive and potentially harassing, but it's tied in so closely with work conditions and getting employees on board to really rally against those work conditions that it really stymies an employer's efforts to stop that communication because the NLRB might likely find that language to be acceptable. So it's just an area when you're dealing with what's appropriate, what's not, what you should discipline employees for, and what you shouldn't when it deals with social media. You really need to you know, cautiously uh, approach that subject and get legal counsel whenever possible. Catherine, thank you so much for sharing so much of this great information. I know we can go into so much more detail, but we're out of time for today. Um, Listeners, I'm sure this has raised even more questions than you knew you would have on the topic. So please feel free to reach out to us with any questions or if you want any more information, you can find us at getshifthr.com or you can leave a comment on iTunes or SoundCloud or whatever it is that you listen to our podcast. Have a great day. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.